everyone, and welcome to episode 523 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm hungry, which is dangerous for what we're about to do. Yeah, that was not smart on your part. <laughs> oh, this day was, it was very wide open for me. And then all of a sudden it's not. Um, but yeah, I'm hungry and cold because the whole country, bit of a cold snap at the moment. So. Yes. Um, we got our lovely, uh, like f- almost like foot of snow, really. Like there's, it's hard to tell because everything like, oh, like the wind always like sweeps it all over the place, but yeah, we got a lot. Yeah. We're supposed to get some more. That's okay. We're working. We're fortunate to be working from home. So we don't have to go anywhere. Correct. That's true. I did say to some of our coworkers though, that now that we've been working from home for a year, like working from home during a snowstorm doesn't have quite the same <laughs> level of appreciation. Yeah. You know, because like in the before times, this is a day where I would have been like, I'm working from home tomorrow, all mm-hmm. excited, but I'm like, man, I'm working from home. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's now it's just like, oh, well, it is another day. Yeah. So, um, okay. We're going to do another professional book nerds reading challenge task today. Um, because as we've said in the past is it, it was a short week. We had Monday off. And so I slacked Jill this morning and I was like, it brings me no joy to tell you that it's Wednesday and we haven't planned anything. Um, but one of the things we ask you to do in the professional book nerds reading challenge, which is definitely not too late. You can still join, just hop in, uh, you can pull the form off of our website, professionalbooknerds.com or on our social medias. But one of the tasks is to borrow or read a cookbook and make a recipe from that cookbook and then tag us on Instagram or Twitter or wherever you want to tag us um, selfishly so we can see your, your <laughs> recipes. Um, True. But cookbooks is something, you know, as people know, we work for Overdrive. And one of my dogs is barking red on cue. Um, we work for Overdrive and obviously we want to promote borrowing stuff from your library. And a lot of people might not realize that you might not think of cookbooks for digital books. So we're going to talk about them. And we have, I mean, ironically, all the ones that we have are physical books, but that's okay. They are, but they're all available. At least mine are all available in Overdrive. So mm-hmm. I see if your library has them. I think mine are. I should have checked that. That was a good job by you. Um, mainly There's one, just, yeah, there was one I didn't include because it's not available in Overdrive, but everything else is. So. Mainly I was just scrambling to look through my, to find recipes that we get, that I can talk about. It's so fair. I didn't, uh, but that's okay. Um, all right. So we each have five and we're going to do what we always do. Let's go back and forth. But the added fun bonus for this particular one is we're going to share recipes too. So um, I'll let, I'll let you start. Cause I want to look up what are, what are two of these, see if they're out over there. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm going to start with good old Cleveland boy, Michael Simon and his five and five for every season cookbook. Um, Michael Simon, y'all may know he's an iron chef. He is from Cleveland. He's got some restaurants here and he has these five and five books, which are sort of those, Oh, you know, you like five ingredients and five steps kind of thing. Um, I love cooking, but I don't like complicated recipes they annoy me so (laughs) (laughs) so i can i can handle five and five but they're super tasty ones um so five and five for every season is 
you know, the recipes are broken out by season. So using kind of whatever is in season for winter or summer or whatever, there's a recipe now. Okay. You know, Michael Simon's a, he's a big chef. He's a big deal, but he's got this grilled cheese recipe in this book, man. It is grilled cheese with Havarti and apples. And oh. you know, you're like, it's grilled cheese. Okay. Yes. But <laughs> And I, I meant when I, I was like, I was a little skeptical when I first saw it. Um, because well, not skeptical, but I'm just like apples and cheese on a grilled cheese. It's so good. It is so good. You know, like grilled cheese is one of those things that I probably make at least once a month because sometimes I just don't have the energy to cook anything else. And, um, we just do grilled cheese and tomato soup. And this is definitely one that sort of like elevates it a little bit and feels fancy and isn't just like white bread and American cheese. <laughs> yeah. No, that uh, like when you get the crunch and like, yes. oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's, it's so good. And I like just in general, it's a fun cookbook because again, it's like broken out by season and I've made a couple other things from it and they're not complicated recipes, but they're definitely sort of that elevated recipe. Um, like grilled cheese with Havarti and apples. And there's mm-hmm. like some chicken ones that are good that, um, he just sort of make, takes, you know, like very few ingredients, very few steps, but they come out super tasty and, um, you feel fancy. Yeah. There was, um, along those same lines, then I'll get to my first one. There's, I, I watch a lot of Gordon Ramsay videos when he makes stuff and he did, he did this like homemade tomato soup recipe. They did on YouTube and it, it was with a, um, he called it a Welsh rabbit, which is just cheese on toast, but like a very, very fancy elevated way. And it's very good. But the best thing is like the way he describes it. Um, I love when my favorite thing is when chefs use really weird adjectives to describe their food. So mm-hmm. it's like, he kept saying gutty because he was using like flavors you might not expect. He's like, what a gutty, what it was just like, <laughs> he was like so happy with himself. And I couldn't yeah. stop laughing. Um, highly recommend people like that. Up. It's quite hilarious. Okay. So my first one. It's called Rustic Joyful Food by Danielle Cartes or Carts. Um, it's from our friends from Sourcebooks. And I actually remember we got this. They sent us copies, I think like last year, two years ago at this point. And I remember getting so excited because a lot of times when we get advanced reader copies of books, they're unfinished proofs. Mm-hmm. And so if it's a book that has pictures in it, you just assume like they're going to be black and white or it'll say like picture to come. But like this is a full like color cookbook. And I was very excited about it. Um, I love me some rustic recipes. I'm a big fan. In fact, the thing on the, no one else is going to be able to see this, but Jill, the cover is literally like Ooh. a grilled cheese with apple. Um, so good. Yeah. And so I am, uh, I'm a vegetarian slash part-time, like a pescatarian. Um, but I don't eat like meat meat. So I like looking for things that are very filling that don't involve me. And one of the things on here is black pepper, buttermilk biscuits, love a biscuit big fan of a biscuit. And I also love when you can make biscuits or pancakes or like a bread related breakfasty thing and make it kind of, um, savory as opposed to sweet. Mm -hmm. And so this is like these, this is super easy. It's literally just like flour and baking powder and butter and then, and buttermilk. Like you don't really need anything else, but then you have, you had a whole bunch of cracked black pepper and then biscuits are great as like a they're like a jumping off point. Like if you want to put honey on them, you can, if you want to make gravy with them, you can, if you want to yeah. make an egg sandwich, biscuits are versatile, man. So 
um yeah black pepper buttermilk biscuits i've made them a whole bunch um the one thing is like i try to buy when i buy buttermilk i try to buy very little bits of it because that is one thing it like doesn't keep very well fun fact you can make buttermilk with regular milk and white vinegar yeah. It will act as a substitute. That's what I do. I have a pancake recipe that's from a blog, not a cookbook. That is buttermilk um, pancakes. And I just will make mm-hmm. make it that way because, yeah, buying buttermilk uh, in I'm like always, a lot is, yeah, not great. I'm always trying to find that like really small version. But like this, so rustic joyful food is really good. If you think, like, I like to think of all the recipes in here as like um, if you were having a big family dinner on a Sunday and mm-hmm. there was like, there was like a bread course and maybe someone made like a roast beef or like, um, I don't know, but they also have stuff like very fancy hot dogs and then they have desserts and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's really, really good. And one of the biggest things for me when it comes to cookbooks is the, the visuals and the pictures on here are delightful. So what's your next one? Well, I was going to say, I'm actually very particular about my cookbooks because I need pictures. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not, I mean, I think like, I think we have a handful of, and like, you know, more classic cookbooks. Like I have the joy of cooking. There's no pictures in there, None. you know? So like more traditional classic cookbooks, you're not going to find pictures. And then obviously over the years as with blogs and Instagram and social media, um, pictures are, are pretty key for cookbooks. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is uh, the Barefoot Contessa family style. So gotta love me the Barefoot Contessa. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know it's, it's fantastic. This is a cookbook that my mom had. Um, I think this book cookbook is like 20 years old. Um, you know, like it was first published 20 years ago. And again, you guys, I really like cheese. So um, oh, yeah, love a cheese. <laughs> this is a recipe for penne with five cheeses. And speaking of like like elevated, it's like elevated fancy mac and cheese, um, Mm -hmm. macaroni and cheese. It's got um, pecorino romano, fontina, gorgonzola, ricotta, and mozzarella. And it is so good. I can't even tell you how tasty it is. I don't make it very often because like buying all those cheeses. A lot of cheeses. (laughs) It's a lot of cheeses and they're like expensive because- like, sure, I could buy shredded mozzarella from just like the general section of the mm-hmm. refrigerator section of the store, but I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy <laughs> like the fresh mozzarella. So, oh, it's, it is, oh, it's like, it's like a hug. It's like warm and cozy and fancy mac and cheese. And it's, it's, it takes a, like, it's like, I guess this is like my, my exception to the complicated rule, but, mm-hmm. uh, Oh, it's so good. And they fit like when I've made it before, I have the little, um, the La Crusette Star Wars, the mini little, you know, whatever thingies. And I put it in there. So it's like little individual servings of this really tasty, fancy mac and cheese. I love Barefoot Contessa because when I used to watch, I, oh, yeah, used to watch like Food Network almost exclusively. And I just, I love the things that she does. She doesn't sound like, like you're not put off by the fancy things that she has access to, but she has access to so many fancy things. Like she'll say like, well, I walked down to my friend's heirloom tomato garden and right. just like, he, she just like in passing, she'll be like, and now if you can't get your own homemade goat's milk, that's okay. Like she right. just like, she's so lovely and I love her so much. And like her husband shows up all the time. She's like <laughs> making stuff for him. Um, and yeah, so the, the cookbook is family style. So, you know, you're making this 
sort of, again, like that Sunday family dinner where you're making mm-hmm. it for a group of people. Um, if you want to have like, you know, family stuff, it's good, yeah. good times. Absolutely. Okay. So my next one is half-baked harvest, uh, simple, super simple. Half-baked harvest is a very popular Instagram account. The person who runs its name is Tegan. I think it's Gerard or Gerard. Um, she's originally from our area, like our neck Hmm. of the woods. Um, she, uh, like I want to say chagrin, like it's, she's really, really close to us. And then her family moved to, um, Denver when she was younger. She's only like 23. She has like well over a million followers on Instagram. And, um, she was just obsessed with cooking at a young age and started doing it and got better and better. And she writes these blogs that her mom, helps like track the um like the the views and everything on but like she's just she's really sweet because she talks all the time about like you'll look at her blogs and it's it's the same thing with like any cooking blog where like a lot of times like can I just just show me the recipe just but kudos to Tegan because she has a button at the top of all of her recipes that says just take me to the recipe which I I think every friggin food blog needs to have um but like she'll joke around all the time she'll be like you're gonna see a whole bunch of typos I'm not she's like I'm not a writer I'm I like cooking and I'm going to, and it's fine. Um, but the thing I really like about her Instagram account is she does a, like one Instagram story per day where she'll make a recipe and she'll go through the whole recipe, like in her own kitchen. And so you can actually see how it gets put together. Um, also her, and she talks a lot about this, her photographs of all of her meals are really, really good. And she talks about how long it takes her to take good photographs. Mm-hmm. Like she's very honest and open about it, which I think is really cool because a lot of times, you'll see a photo of even like a tomato salad and you'll be like, how did you do that? Um, But the one thing she does that I laugh at is every time she makes a recipe, she has like this verbal tick, kind of like how I say at the beginning of every episode that I'm super excited to talk to someone. I'm aware that I say that and I can't stop saying it. Her thing is she calls every single one of her recipes super simple or super easy, (laughs) even if they're not. Yeah. Um, so it's always hit and miss with me where I will make one of her recipes and then I'll be like, it'll be like an hour and a half later and I'm still trying to make like gnocchi and I'm like, Tegan, this is not super simple. <laughs> um, but her, her cookbook that she has two cookbooks and the one that I love is super simple, um, because there's a ton of vegetarian stuff and she has a recipe for spicy potato shakshuka. I oh. love shakshuka. I am like my yes. long, my long, my lifelong quest, I think is to make the perfect shakshuka. So good. There's, there's a place in Cleveland um, near the West Side Market called Soho, and they are like a Cajun style restaurant and they make a perfect shakshuka. Um, if you're not familiar with shakshuka, it's a fancy name for basically a tomato stew. Uh, it's a Middle Eastern tomato stew. The spices tend to be like ginger and garlic and um, uh, like curry um, and zatar if you have it, but literally it's designed to be one of those recipes where like whatever you have, if you have peppers, if you have red onions, if you have celery, if you have chickpeas, it can all go in there, potatoes. And then you just basically add tomatoes, cook it all down till it gets thick, crack some eggs on top. Yeah. And then you, like, you just cook the eggs in a, like on, you pick, you make the whole thing in one skillet and then you throw yeah. it in the oven and cook the eggs. Um, I really like her recipe because she has, um, she has like chipotle powder and like I said, she has uh, potatoes. So it's really thick and filling and you can eat it for breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever. Uh, I love shakshuka and she has a really, really good recipe for it. So yeah. And like I said, anything that um, Half-Baked Harvest does, she makes incredible desserts and stuff too. So, and since we're talking about uh, pictures, like I said, her whole 
um, cookbook, beautiful pictures. So what's your next one? My next one is run fast, cook fast, eat slow by Shalyn Flanagan, the, um, runner. She writes this with, um, Elsie Kopecki. And so these are recipes, you know, um, designed for athletes, but really anyone can make them because they're all super yummy. Um, you know, you and I are both runners and this is the second one that they have put out. Do you have any of those cookbooks where you use the recipe so much that the cookbook just basically like falls open open to that? (laughs) Okay. That is me with the stir fry recipe that they have in this. Now I know you're like, how complicated could stir fry be? Let me tell you the first few times I made stir fry, it was terrible. (laughs) And I think a lot of it is because stir fry is very big on technique and how you prep the vegetables. And so, um, I make this again, like run fast, cook fast. Like these are recipes that you can make quickly if you need to. Mm -hmm. And what I like about this is that it's super adaptable. Like I think in the actual cookbook, it calls for chicken. Um, but I have made it with pork or with, you know, beef or whatever, and you can mix up the vegetables. And so this is really, for me, the first time I made this, I was like, oh, it's a stir fry technique thing. I was having problems with not the actual like making of stir fry, Mm -hmm. but how I make stir fry and what I do to prep for it. And, um, the sauce that you marinate the meat in, I mean, you could use tofu. You don't have to use meat either. You can just obviously take it out, but is really good. Um, and I just like this cookbook because there's, well, both of their run fast, eat slow cookbooks, um, are just, the recipes are so tasty and easy. They have a, there's like a breakfast burrito one, I think in the first cookbook where you purposely make them in batches and freeze them. And then every day can have like a breakfast burrito with eggs and black beans. And I forget all what else is in it, but it like, that's how, you know, like Mm -hmm. the purpose is to kind of like those frozen ones you would grab, um, but a little bit more nutritious and you can customize what you put in it. So these books are, are super tasty. And I also appreciate that, um, you know, when it comes to like fitness and exercise, people can get a little like calorie conscious, which I am not always a fan of. And they're very upfront about the fact that like athletes need food. And Mm -hmm. so they don't at all. And they're very clear in the beginning and like the intro or whatever, they're like, we don't have calories in here because y'all need to eat if you're working out and running. (laughs) So don't worry about that stuff. (laughs) Um, yeah, I like, I like all the recipes I feel like are very adaptable. They have like a whole section on making, you know, like protein bowls and just mm-hmm. sort of mixing and matching various proteins from the cookbook and using them in other things. Um, yeah, but yeah, it just crack. It just opens right up to that stir fry recipe. <laughs> I know what you mean though about stir fry because stir fry. It's all like people think it's like, oh, it's just vegetables and a meat or tofu. Just put it together in like some soy sauce. No, because if you cook them all for the same amount of time, you're going to get mushy vegetables and yes. no texture and then it's horrible. And if they are, I think my problem was like the first few times I would try to use frozen vegetables to sort of help the process. But if the vegetables have any liquid, it's going to totally screw up the stir fry as well. They have to be like very dry. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. I'm like, how hard can stir fry be? No, it's actually really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was actually, it's so funny. I was making a joke with my sister because my mom used to make stir fry. Um, I mean, she still does, but like for the whole family and she, 
I mean, she's work. She was a teacher full time and like, she's still managing to cook for six people every night. So no complaints, but like she would cook her chicken to the point of like, it was the driest thing in the world. And like, my sister's like, I love it like that. Cause then I know it's cooked through. I'm like, it is a tiny chunk of chicken. It doesn't need to be on that. Correct. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So, and yeah, they, and so, you know, in the cookbook, they talk about like not crowding the pan and, you know, cooking the meat separate and adding it in. If you can't get enough space there mm-hmm. in the pan to cook all of them together. And even the sauce, it's just like a really basic soy. It's like it's soy sauce, honey, lime juice, ginger. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm like, I don't have this in my pantry. So what other things do I have that I can just sort of like throw? I mean, it, yeah, the sauce you can, um, yeah. So good stuff. You guys, it's one o'clock. I haven't eaten lunch yet. I am starving. This was the worst idea we've ever that had. Was, that is a, uh, that's on you. That's, that's on, on you. me. That's I ate. Technically, if I get technical, it's on my director because well. he took away my free time without realizing it. That's okay. Um, my next one is called Will It Waffle? And oh. yeah, so shout out to a former coworker and a good friend of mine, Heather, who used to be my manager at Overdrive and gave this to me with a waffle iron. And yeah, the book is 53 waffle iron related recipes. And it is literally like pizza, burgers, calamari salad, s'mores, chocolate chip cookies, anything you can think of. They they explain how if you have a waffle iron, you can cook a lot of these things. Some of them, admittedly, a little weird to see. Like there's a picture, like even in like the best examples, which is their pictures, there's a miso salmon one and you're looking at it and you're like, salmon shouldn't be that shape. But yeah. the majority of these is amazing. And the one that I love is falafel and hummus. That's right. It's waffled falafel. And it's literally, it's very straightforward. It's falafel. And they walk you through how, because it can be intimidating to make falafel if you've never done it before, but it's a pretty straightforward process. You just need a, uh, a food processor. Um, and then they, instead of like deep frying it, they cook it in their waffle iron, which is a little bit healthier. It's like a, a way to think of how they are using waffle irons is kind of like how people now, cause this book's a little bit old, like how people now are using air fryers. Like I have mm-hmm. an air fryer and instead of deep frying falafel, I would air fry it or I could do what I do in here when I use this version and I could waffle it to make waffle. But like, I just, this rest, this recipe book is so fun. Like I said, there's a few things in here that you're like, mm, I don't think I want to do that. But um, it came out of the idea of they were making um, like tater tots and hash browns and they use the waffle iron, which I know a lot of people have done. And the, uh, the author was like, I wonder what else I could do in a waffle iron. So like they've made like arancini and of course, like homemade French fries and pancakes, which is really just a waffle, but good job by them. Um, one that I've seen online, a lot of people are doing is they call them stuffles, which is you take leftover stuffing and put it into a waffle iron. So it crisps it up oh. a little bit. Yeah. And then like poaching egg on top of it or something. Um, it's just like a fun book that they have all sorts of things. And hilariously, I can't believe this. I didn't realize I was doing this at the time. The cover of their book is also like a grilled cheese sandwich. With... It's all about the grilled cheese. All about the grilled cheese. All um, about the grilled cheese. Yeah. So it's called Will It Waffle? Yes, it will. Um, and it's by Daniel Shumsky. And I have gotten so many hours of enjoyment out of waffling things that you wouldn't expect. My next one is Soup of the Day by Kate McMillan. Um, okay, so this was a Christmas present. I had forgotten I put it on my Christmas wish list until it showed up. 
It is 365 recipes broken out by month and season. So (laughs) you are a soup person. Like I'm a soup person. We love my soup, my husband and I. There are so many soups here. I can't even pick one for you because so far they are all very delicious. (laughs) But my, you know, I mean, let's see. Let's just read some of them because they just sound delicious. Creamy cauliflower soup with crispy pancetta. Um, Creamy Brussels sprout soup with maple bacon. Hmm. Um, we have made a tomato soup with smoky paprika. Like it was very specific about smoky paprika and it was so tasty. Um, there are two kinds of beer cheese soups in here. <laughs> At least two. a beer cheese soup. Two that I have noticed. You know, you have like your classic New England cham- New England clam chowder. I believe there's a Manhattan clam chowder in there. And I think there's a third clam chowder that I'd never heard of before. And um, yeah, so it is each month. You, there's a calendar and it sort of has a soup for every day of the year if you wanted to. Now, my thing with soup is that I was worried that, again, I don't like complicated things and I don't like recipes that take forever either. These are all ones that they're not, you don't have to like, so far at least, you don't have to like leave it sitting on your stove simmering for like five mm-hmm. hours and like stirring every half an hour. Mm-hmm. I've not come across any of those. Even their French onion soup does not seem to take very long. And bonus, first thing I noticed is that they actually say that it's going to take a fucking long time to get those caramelized onions. Because let me tell you, your recipes will say it takes like you can caramelize onions in 10 minutes. You can't. No, it's you cannot. It is lying to you. It is lying to you specifically because they do not want you to know how long it actually takes. There's like a whole article about this. <laughs> like Forever. I think it was the New Yorker. Like hell was it? I think Helen, the like food critic. What's her last name? I can't remember right now. Rosin, whatever. She, yeah, there's like a whole thing. Onions do not caramelize in 10 minutes. Oh. They don't. And so that was one of the first things when I was flipping through this book on Christmas Day. I noticed that I can't remember what they, I can't off the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me, but I was like, okay, all right. They admit that caramelized mm-hmm. onions take a while. So yeah. that's what I'm like, you know what? This is a cookbook I could trust. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's upfront and honest about the process of caramelizing onions is a cookbook I can trust. Yeah. Ah, that's that's one of my biggest, that is one of my biggest pet peeves because again, like, you know, it's like with Rachel Ray's like 30 minutes thing, like really Rachel, really? Mm-hmm. And so if a recipe, if I'm making like French onion soup, which I love and make, um, or anything involving caramelized onions, it'll say, oh, you should be done in like 10 minutes. What are you talking about? (laughs) Listen, any recipe that tells you you can caramelize onions quickly or you can make risotto quickly, don't trust them. You cannot speed up the process. You cannot. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, Okay, so my next one, I'm cheating a little bit. My last two are cocktail books, but the first one does have snacks. That's so smart. Oh. Thank you. Um, this one is one that a lot of people own or have seen or have. It's called Tequila Mockingbird. Um, every single recipe, every single recipe is a pun on a book. Uh, and then there's a second book, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margarita. And it is also very, very funny. Um, it's by Tim Fetterly. Uh, the recipes, sometimes they are stretching. You can tell that he had a good pun and he wanted to figure out a way to turn that pun into a drink. So sometimes he's just like, 
I don't know, here's some champagne and like throw a shot of gin in it. I'm like, that's not a cocktail. That's just a lot of booze. That's a, you made a Boilermaker with gin, sir. That's all that is. Um, but there's a lot of really fun ones. And it's cool because he'll do like a little paragraph about each of the ones. So just to give you some examples of some of the names before I tell you what, I, what, I'm, what I'm a big fan of. He has like Romeo and Julep or Crime and Punishment or <laughs> Decline and Fall Down, a Confederacy of Ounces. Speaking of the thing we talked about last week um last of the mojitos very very funny infinite zest man all of these like generic white guy jokes that we were talking about last week mm, that's what i'm saying that's what uh-huh. i'm saying um the old man and the seagrams good stuff but at the end of it there are some really fun actually snacks and one of them since we're both a fan of alice's adventures in wonderland um he has alice's adventures in wonder bread and like I said, he does like a little intro about each book, which is very, very cute. And then this one is a sandwich and it's basically just cremini mushroom, salt and pepper, Swiss cheese and white bread. That's right. We're talking about a grilled cheese sandwich again, but it's um, it's just really quick. It's mushroom. It's a mushroom and Swiss uh, sandwich. And it's fun because there's a lot like some of the drinks are really elaborate and then other ones are just really straightforward. And the same thing with the snacks, like there's some really fun snacks and then there's like um, here's how I make deviled eggs. And I really just am telling you this because I wanted to make a joke about the deviled eggs, where it's Prada. Like it's just really enjoyable. And there's a lot of, um, really fun pictures and drawings in here that, um, you can tell it's, it's like a perfect, uh, it's a perfect book for like, if you have a copy of it for, you know, your, like your kitchen, the like to show off or yeah. wherever you might want to put it. Um, you know, coffee table book type of a thing. So yeah, Tequila Mockingbird, cocktails with a literary twist. Um, but again, they have some snacks in there as well. And like it's the one that I really like. I'm a big fan of mushrooms, big fan of grilled cheese, clearly since we spent a half hour talking about grilled cheeses now. We um, have a grilled cheese dedicated cookbook. One of our cookbooks is just grilled cheese. That's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have I'm, one more, I think, right? I do. I'm so mad. I did not think about doing a cocktail cookbook. Um, okay. So my last one, my last one is Budget Bites. Um, that's B-Y-T-E-S. It's by Beth Monsell. This is a blog, a food blog I've been reading for like a decade. Um, and her whole thing is that she, on each of her posts on the website, will she list the, um, it's budgetbites.com. She will put the ingredients and sort of do a breakdown of what like it should cost on average so that you know how much you're spending per serving. And so this is like, if you're concerned about, you know, finances and like shopping for groceries, groceries can be expensive. And so, um, her whole thing is yeah. Helping you kind of budget better and still making really, really delicious food. And I cook so many recipes from this, my face. So, okay. I'm going to cheat because this actually isn't in the cookbook, but I (laughs) feel like you should read it, but I'm, I'm okay. This recipe, I probably make this two or three times a month. It is a white chicken chili. Um, Mm -hmm. and I make it so often. I don't really even have to read the recipe anymore, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, And it's just one of those ones where you just throw everything in the crock pot and you don't have to think about it. You know, like there's no cooking beforehand. You just throw it all in there and it is so good. And your kitchen will smell so delicious. (laughs) Let me tell you. And, um, 
but she's got in the cookbook, there's, uh, you know, like iced orange cranberry scones. Those sound tasty. And she does also have, you know, beer bread to go with that, uh, the cheddar mm-hmm. beer bread to go with your cheddar beer soup. Um, there's ways to sort of like dress up rice. She has a recipe for taco rice for savory coconut rice, cilantro, lime rice. You know, you could do your own like taco bowl thing, Chipotle mm-hmm. style cilantro lime rice. Um, and they're really, they're easy. They are delicious. And again, they're just like, they make good economical sense in the words of Isabel from animal crossing. Um, <laughs> it just makes good economical sense. Every time she says that. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's like a super deep cut for Animal Crossing. (laughs) Just makes good economical sense. Every every time it kills me, I can't handle it. But, um, and so, yeah, even in this, in the cookbook, she sort of has it, you know, at the top of each, you know, sometimes you'll have, um, oh, if you know some cookbooks are broken out by if this you know like is this you need like a slow cooker or if it's a weeknight meal or 30 minutes or less blah blah blah. and hers is you know each of the recipes will have um little dollar signs to let you know if it's one that maybe is going to be a little more expensive or if it's not but regardless of all that like even if that's not really a concern of yours the recipes are just super tasty and i use this blog all the time and the book cookbook is delightful and yeah yeah oh man <laughs> as that was so funny oh isabella oh man um also talking about rice i don't know people i don't know who needs to hear this but wash your rice rinse your rice it's a quick process if you're gonna make rice rinse it out it's important um i will say you know what so since we went I, I would always buy when I cooked rice, I would always buy like the, you know, like the prepackaged stuff or instant rice. And then like a year ago, obviously when all this was happening, I bought like a big thing of law, like of white rice, just like regular Mm -hmm. white rice and, um, have used it in our rice cooker. And I'm like, Oh, this is actually really easy. And tastes so good and it's much better than just instant rice on the stove mm-hmm. top <laughs> yeah you don't you don't wash risotto you don't wash sushi sushi rice but every other kind of white rice you should wash before until the water runs clear and then you're good to go trust me on this um okay my last one is called uh the dead rabbit grocery and grog so this book is super freaking cool this will be one of the things i'll take pictures of that i'll put on our instagram um the dead rabbit is it was a book it was a bar in Ireland and there's also one in New York City and this book is called Mixology and Mayhem it's the story of John Morrissey and the world's best cocktail menu so that's kind of their claim to fame as the world's best cocktail menu like they back it up they have one like award after award after award what's really cool about this if you have seen Gangs of New York you are familiar with the story of John Morrissey even if you don't realize it um the main character in Gangs of New York is very kind of based off of him uh, he was like the whole five points in new york and the daniel Hall. day lewis character yeah he's very kind of like loosely based off of this character but ba- um but these the guys who run the the two places or the two bars um are irish and then also irish american and so the what they did is they have they have built out 
different menus for different like seasons or different years. Um, but what's really cool is if you go to the bar in New York City, and it is absolutely the coolest bar I've ever been to, um, the restaurant's menu is a graphic novel. And it tells you the story of John Morrissey. And they kind of turn John Morrissey into this like rabbit human character who's a boxer. And that's sort of like become their mascot. It's the whole dead rabbits thing. And so this book is all of those graphic novels collected into one book, also with all of the recipes. And so I'm just going to tell you in advance right now, like, even if you don't like make cocktails, the story is, but if you like graphic novels, phenomenal book. Um, it's beautiful. But if you are a cocktail fan, you're going to want to be like kind of a very like a giant nerdy cocktail fan. This is like a warm up to when Mallory comes on because we are going to do a cocktail thing with them. Um, but like, there is some stuff in this book that is very, very elaborate to have. But the cool thing is, is like, there's a ton of different types of alcohol in here that you can clearly buy, but they'll also tell you like, if there's something like mint syrup that you need to have, they have recipes in the back to explain how you can make a lot of the things at home. That's cool. But a lot of the recipes admittedly, like it'll be like, you need three dashes of a bitters that like I, as a cocktail person, have never heard of. And I'm like, yeah. where did you get that? But the one that I really, really like what they do is they tell you for each drink, they obviously tell you the ingredients you're going to need and how, how to put it together. But then they also tell you the tools you're ne you'll need. So like, you're going to need a shaker, you're going to need a defined strainer. And then they also tell you the method. So like, if it's a champagne float, they'll tell you exactly the process you need to make the cocktail. They tell you the glassware that they recommend to put it in, whether it's like a Nick and Nora glass or like a champagne flute. Um, and then they tell you where it, like the origin drink that they built up their drink off of. And the whole time on the opposite page of all of these recipes, there is this graphic novel going on that you can just be like reading while you're going. And like, it is a lot. I mean, the book itself is like 300 pages. Like it's a, it's a book. Wow. It's really, really yeah. cool. Um, but there is one that's relatively simple that you can make at home um, that I like, which is called talk of the devil. It is a champagne, not even a champagne float because the champagne goes at the bottom, but it's lemon juice, honeydew, mint syrup, vermouth, gin, and then also a secondary type of gin as well. So there's two different types of gin. Um, it's, it's called talk of the devil, but like the whole book itself, like I said, I'll take a picture. Like it's like beautiful. Yeah. Really, really cool. I don't, I'm showing it to you. No one else will see it. Um, but the place itself, like it lived up to the hype. I, I got to go there last time I was in New York city and I was like, Oh no, this place is like the coolest Irish. It's like an Irish pub that happens to have ludicrously fancy and elaborate cocktails. So I'm all about fancy cocktails. Yeah. Even if it recommend. costs like $40. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, there, <laughs> there is a place. Um, and I think a lot of other places have done this too, but there's a place in Charleston that I went to, uh, two years ago where they, you put down, like they had a huge list of, um, descriptive adjectives and you picked two adjectives to describe a like to describe a drink. Yourself. So you might say like, um, I want a cocktail. I'm feeling adventurous and mysterious. And then they send that back to the, and like, I'm sure all it is, is like each of those is connected to one of their cocktail, like one sure. of their rums or one of their whiskeys or one of their, you know, aperitifs, whatever. And the bartenders take whatever you say you want and mix it together and do a completely original drink every single time. And so it's one of those places where like you place your order and then you wait like 25 minutes for the drink yeah. to come, but they're insanely delicious. And it was so cool. And everyone that I was with 
we each said a slightly different thing and like our cocktails came and it looked like something you would see out of a movie where like it was five or six different cocktails and every one of them was like bright green or neon purple and that's amazing it was really cool so yeah highly recommend oh i miss going to fancy cocktail places me too so um okay that was a whole bunch of recipes and uh stuff that jill and i like to get out of cookbooks be sure to tag us and tell us which ones you like because we really only scratch the surface there's so many mm-hmm. um so other things you think people should know about um together we read us is still going on so if you have not checked out uh ebook or audiobook of love lettering by kate claiborne from your overdrive library if you are a us user you can do that um I think that's everything. Yeah. And um, follow, if you're not already, follow us on Instagram at ProBookNerds because Jill and I are going to take some pictures of the recipe books we talked about and maybe some food too. Maybe we'll just transition our bookish podcast account into a, a food account if we're feeling lazy. <laughs> maybe. So, um, okay. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.